If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm, as ever, very delighted to be back with you again. Now, you may recall back in February, I think it was February the 7th, we had Book Direct Day, and it was an event that was spawned by a lot of the people in within the Say No to VRBO group and spearheaded by Amy Hynote from VRM Intel. And what it did was try to bring the message to as, as far as we could across as many social media platforms as possible that guests could, they actually could book direct. They book direct with owners and property managers. They didn't have to go through the OTAs. Now, on that day and subsequently, as more property managers and owners came into the belief that they could m- make a difference. The emphasis was on price. It was on the fees that the OTAs were charging to guests. What the Book Direct movement appeared to be about at that time was making the point that guests could save money if they book direct. So that seemed to be a great plan and it went ahead and it got a lot of traction. There has been discussion about repeating the Book Direct Day again and making some additional moves towards encouraging guests to to come directly to us and, and not go through Airbnb, HomeAway, VRBO, which is a major task. This is real David and Goliath stuff, which is something that we mentioned at that time. And if you're not aware of what Book Direct was, I'll put a link to the roundtable discussion I did with the organisers of the uh, of the day, and you can you can listen to that and see what it was all about. Now, fast forward to May when David Angotti was the keynote speaker at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. He gave an amazing presentation where he really opened our eyes to some of the big businesses that have failed because they failed to evolve, in David's words. You can listen to the recap that Mike and I did on Vacation Rental Success Summit when we do discuss that. And again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Because the emphasis of this episode is on a presentation, another presentation that David did, at the VRM Intel event in Breckenridge in, uh, earlier in June. In it, he, he went a little bit further about the fact that we perhaps emphasize a little too much on the price and not enough on experience. And that presentation spawned a comment, just a very simple comment by Amy on the VRM Intel Facebook group. And I will post that comment in the show notes so you can take a look at it. It was a very simple, innocuous comment. Fallout from that, if you'd like to call it fallout, 
was a lot of contributions from people talking about, well, you know, isn't this what we were doing? Isn't isn't it all about price? And is it about value? And David came back with some very good arguments about why we should be talking about experience, the guest experience, more than we talk about price. Now, I'm not going to go into it too much. You can go to that BRM Intel Facebook group and have a look at that thread because it's very interesting to to see both sides of this this argument. Um, but I've invited David along to to talk about this a little bit more, to talk about the solutions that that he's proposing, to ask him where all this is going. Can we can we change the book direct movement? Do we need to change it? Um, are there additions to it? Where should we go from here? Now this uh, this discussion is addition to a blog post that uh, David's written for. Matt Landau's Vacation Rental Marketing blog, and I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes, because David does talk to talk talk about a number of these solutions, um, but you'll be able to read about them in more detail on VRMB. So without further ado, let's move on over to my discussion with David Angotti of SmokyMountains.com. Okay, so I'm delighted to have with me today, again, David Angotti of SmokyMountains.com. I, I didn't mean to say again like that, David, so you know, here he comes again. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me. It was, it was a, a real pleasure to see both um, you and Wes at uh, VRSS and uh, and to to spend a little bit of time with you i always value the conversations we we have as as i know everybody else does because you have you both bring so much value to this business so it's a pleasure to have you back on the show again well thank you for having me heather and vrss was just a phenomenal conference again it's been just incredible incredible to watch that develop over the past 3 years now and just uh it was a true honor to speak there as well. Enjoyed the, uh, the time with you, of course, and everybody else there. Well, your keynote uh, address was really, really good. It's It spawns all sorts of conversations about um, Netflix and Blockbusters and Toys R Us. And, and in fact, um, last, last week on the podcast, Mike and I did a review of, um, uh, of, of VRSS. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, they can hear what we thought about um, your keynote. But can you give us just the, the bare bones of what it was about? Yeah, sure. So at the, at the very highest level, the topic was evolve or die. And I basically discussed that every business, no matter how strong today, has to evolve over time or, or, or really you're going to become irrelevant and extinct over the long haul. So I, I used the example of Toys R Us, talked through that in detail, but basically looked at all the different things they did right. They did most things right. They invented whole retail concepts. They were one of the best technology brands in the world. They got the experience-driven economy. And I basically laid that out for the audience and then showed how ultimately they still died because of a few bad decisions. And so the keynote looked at a lot of uh different areas that looked at how we were going to have to evolve in the area of customer acquisition, uh, conversion optimization, uh, even revenue and product and all these different areas that we had to evolve at if we were going to stay relevant for the long haul. Um, so, so that was the basic gist of it. And, and was, did you give a very a similar presentation at, um, at Amy's VRM Intel event or did you adapt it slightly because for, for, it was a different audience? 
It, it was just very slightly adapted. Most of the slides were actually the same, but uh, a few tweaks here and there to make it more relevant for the PM audience versus the uh, Rembi owner audience. During that, or just after that, Amy made um, a comment on the on her Facebook group. And she just said, apparently, one of our keynote speakers, David Angotti, is not a fan of our book direct campaign. And and that spawned just a great conversation on that group. But can you tell us why why she made that comment? I'm not sure that the comment's entirely accurate. Amy and I had some conversations back and forth afterwards. Um, maybe Maybe the better comment is, even though David's a huge fan of book direct... <laughs> And even though literally every time he's ever spoken at a conference, almost every piece he's ever written for any of the the websites I write for, the magazines I write for, has all been about Book Direct, that I'm not a fan of a race to the bottom price-wise. I think that would be the better uh, the better comment to make about it. And so as long as Book Direct stays uh, a fee-centric uh, uh, movement, meaning, hey, if you book direct with us, you can you can avoid this small fee, the booking fee, or even a large fee. Uh, th- then I'm not a fan of it because I think if we do that, we're positioning ourselves for uh, for a big problem in the long haul. Can, can you elaborate on that? Um, and I th- and I think I got the gist of this at VRSS when I was I was listening to people like Steve Milo talking about you know th- things again things changing. And evolving, and Steve's been delivering this message um, about you know you've got to adapt, or you you'll cease to exist after a matter of time. And and one of the things he said that I think um, resonated with a lot of people is said, look at Airbnb now, who are charging a traveller fee, and travellers seem to be completely accepting of that traveller fee. But if they pivot and start to charge the owner the fee and take it away from from the guest, then where does the book direct focus on price go then? I think that's that's what I got out of that. Am I, am I on the right track there? Yeah, you sure are. Um, even thinking today, right now, um, in, in June of 2018, the fastest growing listing site in the world, booking.com, who is is just a, a massive giant in our space and is going to become a bigger and bigger force moving forward, they don't have a fee. Mm-hmm. So when you stop and think about that, and that's one of the points I made in the presentation, we're making this all about, hey, book direct with us and you save these, these uh, traveler fees. Well, the problem is this huge giant that's sitting over here in the corner of the room, the elephant that we're all ignoring, doesn't have a traveler fee today. And so... I just made the comment from stage, and I think this is the one that maybe sparked some controversy. If we're really being altruistic and we want to help the guests, we should probably just send them to booking.com, not our website. Because instead of 20 or 30 or 50 listings, booking.com may have a thousand in your area. And so that that guest is going to actually then uh, be able to find a unit that maybe is a little better for their needs. It might even be a little cheaper for making this all about price. And there definitely won't be a traveler fee. And then I, I, I drew the conclusion that when you look at everything that's happening in the market, I believe the whole fee that, that's out there today is probably going to expire in the next 18 to 24 months. Airbnb is already testing this. Uh, they, they have a beta test right now to do away with the traveler fee. HomeAway has indicated on earnings calls uh, this year that they will likely start testing this at some point in the future. And so if our whole messaging is all about avoiding this fee – 
or playing right into their hand. That's transparent. You can see very, very easily how that, that will happen and, and the impact that, that it will have because it suddenly makes that, that whole premise, that book with us and it's cheaper, um, completely worthless. Yeah, and, and the problem is I don't really want my brand to be known as the the cheapest brand anyways. Mm-hmm. Even if this, if we were to just say, hey, Booking's going to have a host or, or a traveler fee as well, and all of these fees are going to stay there, I would still say I don't want to get in that race to the bottom price-wise. If you remember all the way a year ago to the keynote I did um, back in 2017 at VRSS, I talked about it. We need unique selling propositions. We need focus on experience. We need all of these things. And otherwise, we're just going to become the commodity-driven, uh, 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 just the, the, the race to the bottom price. And that's not what we want. That's what, uh, that's what you know, Matt Landau is talking about with limited edition. And he's been speaking about that the last year or so as well. So I think these are important things to think through, even if the fees were to stay in place. Let's talk about what the alternatives are. I think the alternative is is something that intimidates most people, and that's the problem. Price is the easy thing. That's the thing that all of us can do. We can tweak prices in, in a couple minutes in our property management software or our listing uh, uh, site dashboard. And so we can go in there and we can make the tweaks. And we hear these high-level ideas like, hey, it needs to be experience-driven. You need to have unique selling propositions, which is just the idea that, hey, I can do this better than anybody else, and here's why, and here's why you should absolutely book with me to get something you can't get from anybody else. Those things are difficult. These are high-level business concepts that are very difficult to grasp and even more difficult to implement. And so I think that's where people are getting – a little bit discouraged. It's like, hey, David, you're telling me one thing on stage that that we can't compete on price anymore, but I don't know how to do this competing on experience, even though that is the unique advantage that each one of the the homeowners and property managers has versus a listing site. And so I think that that's, um, that's maybe the crux of this whole issue is the difficulty of actually implementing an experience-driven brand. And so um, that's that's what I'm trying to tackle in this post that I, I just finished for, for Matt Landau and in all the conversations I'm having with property managers and even uh, what I alluded to in the keynote. Um, but this this is not a new concept. I mean, hotels have been doing this for a number of years. So, you know, Hilton, for example. Yeah, you, you look at Hilton, and of course, they've uh, they've done the Stop Clicking Around campaign, which is their version of our Book Direct campaign, right? And um, and, and they experimented with price for, sh- for sure. Uh, straight out of the gates, they, they, they did lower price, and they, they still offer some lower prices through that campaign. However, if you look at it, um, and, and you talk to executives there, you'll find that some of the more uh, strategic and successful portions of the campaign have been around things like free Wi-Fi or making sure you get your elite status uh, uh, benefits with the tiers. So you think about the uh, the most valuable customer to Hilton Hotel. That's going to be your business customer that stays there night after night after night, you know, 50, 100 nights a year. And this businessman or businesswoman may be able to make their own reservations instead of going through a travel department. So uh, as they're making those reservations, that business person, they don't really even care about price. It's a reimbursable expense. What they care about is making sure they get that free breakfast, the free Wi-Fi, and the other on-property perks. And and so that's what, what Hilton has learned. And so they've learned how to 
find these small, small perks that will basically drive people to book with them and, and stay extremely loyal. And that's the most profitable uh, uh, portion of their business. The most profitable book of business is that business traveler. And, and that's what they're doing to retain loyalty among that, that subgroup. Yeah, I was reading yeah. reading an article on Skift about that um, just just recently, and just it just sort of laid out the success of their campaign. Really, after they got over having a, having a price differentiator, but moving into offering experiences that they that people could not get if they booked through Expedia or Hotels dot com. Yeah, yeah, and it. It works. In fact, uh, we're staying in a Hilton property tonight as a family. We're going to an embassy suites in Nashville. We book directly through Hilton, and, and we stay in Hilton's 20 to 30 nights a, a year when we're traveling, both for business and, and pleasure, when we aren't able to stay in vacation rentals due to duration. And and so we're one of those valuable travelers, not quite as valuable as that 50 to 100 night uh, a year business traveler, but we definitely stay around that 20 to 30 night mark. And we want those on property perks. And so we do book direct. It's not about price for me, even though there may be three to five bucks difference in the nightly rate and, and, and all that, but it's more about getting those perks on site. So, so what can we do um, both as, as property managers and owners to, to, to take this on board? You hear this these words, the guest experience, and we must enhance the guest experience and create amazing experiences for them. But in terms of, of this as, a, as offering a perk for booking direct, what are the sorts of things, you know, can you give us some idea of the th- sorts of things that, that we can do? Yeah, I, th- I think there's really no limit to the number of things we can do if we just all put our heads together and, and imagine um, in that post that I wrote for Matt, I did give 10 examples and I asked the audience to weigh in with their own ideas because those were just 10 ideas that I, I literally was able to jot down on a flight coming home from the, the Breckenridge conference that I was just at. But for example, like if you think about the cost of hiring a photographer, if you're family on vacation, so let's say you're that, uh, that family in Destin that wants their annual picture on the beach. That's an expensive uh, and intimidating undertaking. You have to find the local photographer, then you're going to have to pay him for a photo shoot, then you're going to have to buy the rights to the digital prints. So it's a it's a pretty big deal. Now imagine if you're a property manager, if you hired a professional photographer either for a day a week or if you're a big enough company, maybe even for the whole busy season, and you paid them daily rates, it's not that expensive. You're talking about about $150, $200 a day for a really good professional photographer. Um, assuming that you're giving them business at scale. And now you have uh, a simple app like Calendly uh, that you can let your guests use to to block out 30-minute photo sessions with this professional photographer. And now anybody that books direct with your brand can get that that family photo shoot on the beach completely free of charge as long as uh, as long as they're staying with your brand, and maybe you go ahead and give it to the people that didn't book direct too, just to to boost that experience, to make them more likely to book direct next time. But that's like a, a small example. There's this high perceived value of several hundred dollars, even though that may be the price you're paying the photographer for the whole day, and they may be able to to give that experience to 15 families in one day. And now you have those photos, and you could actually then, if you want to get more advanced with your marketing you can attach those photos to that that unique email address and then drip market them all year with photos of them on the beach instead of just a pretty beach. 
Yeah, um, I, I love. I, I, I got a sneak preview of of this blog post, which uh, which I'll put a link to, by the way, at the end of the uh, at the end of the show notes. So make sure you go and have a look at that. But I went through this and I was making notes, and you know, of course, I run a property management company, so uh, I learn much of my craft <laughs> through the people I talk to and the blog posts I read, and and I got some some really great um, tips from this and I love the idea about photographs and hiring a photographer a di- bit more difficult in my area because my my properties are so widely dispersed but one of the one of the ones I picked up was um minimum you, you call it minimum benefits so <laughs> can you just go into that one a little bit because that that sort of uh, piqued my interest that's more under the implementation of this so I I want the the book direct. Okay, so let's let's back up just a minute here and talk about the book direct campaign as is. Sure. Um uh, I, I've kind of bashed the the price centric messaging around the book direct. You know, we we went over to uh, different social media channels. We pulled down all the posts that had happened, all the images there. The vast majority were were about price, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I'm opposed to. I'm not opposed to the movement. I think the movement's excellent. I think that uh, Amy and the other leadership behind the movement they did a great job actually getting. Uh, the, the whole industry really behind it. And, and so I, I think that for this to be successful long term, to get that same type of, uh, of movement, you, you need everybody behind it. And you need to, to basically agree on what the messaging is and some different things like minimum benefits. And that's where minimum benefits comes in. So like if you're going to do this book direct, because book direct is going to have a certain, uh, perceived value with any guest that's participated in it in, in one destination, there needs to be that minimum benefit. So uh, that that could be a lot of uh, different things. That could be one destination benefit. So for example, if you're uh, if you're coming to the Smoky Mountains, it might be a free uh, it might be a free hike, uh, a guided hike. If you're down at the beach, it might be a free paddleboard rental. But there's gonna be some kind of destination benefit. Then there would would be some negotiated benefits. So that might be, okay, if you book direct with us, we have buy one, get one free coupons for these three restaurants, or we have free coffees at this coffee shop down on the strip. And then it would also be, uh, uh, you know, this idea that, okay, anybody maybe with book direct, as you're in the checkout process, we're going to show branded material that is going to be given to that guest. And so perhaps maybe if they're booking uh, a direct with with a brand in Destin, they're going to see coffee mugs and and uh, maybe a T-shirt, so, uh, some different items like that that are showing up right there. That once they make the reservation, that box is on its way to them with those uh, those branded items. And so basically, this minimum benefit would be that anybody par- that participates in, in the Book Direct movement would have some of these benefits, and that it would be a template. Uh, because right now, this is really, really difficult to say, hey, we're going to just implement this experience-driven book mm-hmm. direct campaign. But the minimum benefits take some of the guesswork out of that. Because, okay, if you're going to participate, you're going to do some kind of branded material that ships out when they book. There's going to be some kind of welcome amenity in the unit. There's going to be a food experience at some point during their stay. There's going to be uh, some kind of destination benefit and then some kind of negotiated benefit. And then now there's a templated process, and that process 
process gets applied to the imaginations of each property manager in each destination, and they know their market better than I know their market, better than any OTA could possibly know their market. And so that's where you start to compete where you have an advantage, your intimate understanding of your particular destination. Yes, and, and that is what that, that is what really piqued my interest because it got me sort of doing my solo brainstorming before I present this to my team as a fait accompli, which, which I, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, about the difference, you know, it's, it's very unique up here. Um, it, it could be that a, a benefit for, for many of our guests <laughs> would be worms in the fridge because, you know, for, that's certain, great. certainly for our fishing guests, when they arrive, they don't want to be going out to, to, to find their, their bait. You know, they, they'd love to have a carton of worms already, not, not in the general fridge. We usually ask our owners to have separate fridges <laughs> to keep the worms in, the little tiny fridges, which can double up as, be, as, as, as beer fridges. But, uh, but no, that, that, that sort of came to my mind as just one of the things. And I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a sort of starter for creativeness, isn't it, to, to get um, teams together or families together and say, what could we do? What could be our package of minimum benefits? Exactly. And can you imagine any world where Booking.com or HomeAway or Airbnb is sticking worms in a guest fridge? I can't. No, absolutely. It's doing something that is very, very uh, unique. And and this is where we have, uh, and and I, I saw this in that thread, what you were saying is that, you know, um, arguing on price terms is is nothing unique. It's but arguing on experience terms is because these companies they they can they can they can deal with the price, but they can't deal with the experience. And I don't think, as you say, in any world they'd ever be able to do that. Yeah, it's just not scalable for a, a big company. We're you know so we're a listing site in in one destination today. This isn't scalable even in one destination where we we really understand the market well. We live here. It's just you guys as property managers have access to the units and access to the guests in ways that we do not. And, and, and a scalable workforce to do certain things. You have cleaners that are already going to be in the units. Um, you, you have, in some cases, guests coming to an office to check in. There is a huge opportunity for experience that a listing site quite simply will never be able to replicate. And that's where, that's where the, the real power is. Do, do we take away the, the, the concept of price altogether, do you think? I mean, I noticed on, on the, there was a comment by Louisa Cranston on that Facebook, um, on, on VRM Intel's Facebook group. And she said, seems like offering the lowest price is the hook to get them to book, but exceeding expectations with meaningful personalized experience is what gets them to book again in the future. And I think that's, that's been a concentration of many people. You know, it's, it's, it's about the remarketing. And that's where we get into what we can offer because you've already been there you've seen what we can do and now we're going to double down on that yeah there's a couple uh problems with that statement even though i agree with some of it the first problem is not every destination lends itself to repeat guests every year so you take a destination like hawaii for example or uh, many destinations they're once in a lifetime or once in a decade destinations and so if your hook is price that doesn't really do you any good 10 years from now when they maybe remember your brand 10 years from now. Uh, that's just uh, 
I'm not going to say I disagree with it altogether because there are destinations like the Smoky Mountains where we are, where people do come year after year. And so there are uh, different types of destinations, and I definitely recognize that. But what I would say is the hook to get them to book the first time can absolutely be experience. Uh, it, it, it boils down to are we a little bit creative? So part of what I was uh, talking about in, in the blog post in the, in the six areas that we can address to actually uh, implement this at scale is the idea that throughout the sales funnel, these minimum benefits need to be highlighted to, to just keep nudging potential travelers along the whole way to improve conversion rates, which was actually one of the areas that I said we all need to evolve in. And so if we can improve those conversion rates, whether it's coming from Google PPC or uh, another place we're advertising or a repeat guest that's considering booking again with us, whatever it is, those nudges will help move that person closer to the purchase. And, and it's all about communicating the minimum benefits that they can only get through you. In, in that, I mean, look, I was looking then looking at your number six. You can't really do this without having a website. I, I would agree with that. I think that at a minimum, the brand itself must have a website with clear messaging on it. And then the ideal scenario, the, the further out there piece, I, I referenced leading hotels of the world. Um, uh, but almost like that but for vacation rentals. And so this idea that all of these boutique independent operators could have a shared site that was about book direct. And then each one of those individual brands could, could list the minimum benefits with that brand and then click through to the direct brand. Um, and, and that website could communicate the true value of book direct to each, uh, each potential guest. And then not just to the guests, but what the uh, what the value is of booking direct in each of these areas for that potential guest. That's, again, something that um, that, that got my thought processes going, because we, we are just um, in the early stages of putting together an association of um, rental man property managers in our area. It's, it's not something that's ever happened before, um, but we're sort of working on, a, on the Blue Ridge Lodging Association model. And there is a, an association in the UK which has a lot of, um, of property managers in there. So it's a centralized place where people can come in and then go out to the different property manager sites. And I can see the huge value of coming to some common agreement with the other property managers on what could be that minimum benefit package. Yeah, because like you think about uh, launching these um, these co-op type sites like what you're referring to there, and a few have been launched already, and there will be a, many, many more. The, the problem with those, they oftentimes ignore the customer acquisition piece. And so property managers have the idea that, hey, the inventory, you know, uh, is the hard part. If we can get the inventory up on the site and just throw a website up and figure out this technology piece, the rest is going to take care of itself. The fact of the matter is that's not even true for Airbnb, Expedia, Booking, these humongous brands. Look at how much they are spending on advertising. Yeah, you, the, the, it's just astronomical numbers. Two of those companies make up 5% of all of Google AdWords spend, even though there's over 1 million advertisers on AdWords. And so the customer acquisition expense is real and it is high. And so if we're going to launch a, a website, a co-op type website, like what you're referring to there, anything we can do to increase conversion rates, which as an industry right now is about 2.3%, if we can increase that number to say 4% or 5%, 
then it brings that customer acquisition cost for the co-op down. And I really think that this minimum benefits more so than price will be what can accomplish that. And it's not to say price doesn't matter. The supply and demand curve is real, but the minimum benefits shifts that supply and demand curve due to customer perception. Listen to those conversion rates, and, and I actually was not aware that that those percentages exist. Sometimes I think we, we, we live in our little little microcosm up here and and don't pay a huge amount of attention um, collectively to what goes on in the rest of the rest of North America. So that, that that's really interesting to to hear those um, those statistics. Yeah, the especially dangerous thing with those statistics, which um, I'm quoting actually a, uh, a similar web study that actually showed around that percentages for the uh, for, for the travel industry. The the problem becomes on the low end, you may have uh, a one tenth of one percent, even with some big brands. On the high end, it's almost up to that 10, 10 or eleven percent. But a lot of that has to do with brand recognition and how how good they are at really every phase of their marketing, and and so that blended that blended total can be a bit deceptive because if you're launching a new website and you think that just straight out of the gates you can count on that two point three percent, that's probably not even true. And so buying fifty clicks from Google probably is not going to create a booking. And so this is what people forget when they're uh, when they're looking at an OTA. And they're thinking an OTA is just pure profit, which which most of the, the big OTAs are very profitable. So I'm not saying they aren't, but there is a, a significant cost to figuring out that conversion side uh, and that customer demand side that that most small brands uh, are going to have a difficult time with. But that's where the minimum benefits comes in because it helps convert at a much higher rate. So where where does one start, David, if um, if. For, for, for those people who have been focused very much on on price, um, they've built it into their the branding on their on their on their websites, and you 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 put some um, um, some examples on 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 the on your uh, blog post. Um, so so let's say we're we're going to begin to focus more on um, the experiences rather than price. What's a good start starting point? Yeah, so I think going ahead and, and taking a look at the blog post and the framework is a great idea because then uh, it's going to give you both an idea of how to implement as well as some sample ideas. And and that's a great place to start and get the wheels turning. I don't want to just go through each of those. Mm-hmm. They can click the link that you're going to put down there. But what I would say is most people that I'm talking to, right away they say, hey, I don't have money to do this. We're already operating um, you know, with commission compression or at, at, at lower uh, profits than we were a couple years ago, perhaps. So what I say to those people is implement the same fee that the OTAs have today. If you implement that fee, that will give you about 10%. And that 10% is your budget, 10% of your gross rentals to just create incredible experiences. For most companies, you can actually hire somebody that's going to head this up for you that is going to make sure each guest has a great experience. If, if, uh, if you're a smaller, uh, you know, one to five properties and you own the property, uh, you, you could definitely do this as well. Think about what you could do for your guests with $5,000 a year or $10,000 a year to make sure that experience was great. So some of the stuff, like a professional photographer, might be harder to pull off if you have one unit. But think, 
uh, completely different now. You can go a whole different route because now you have five or ten grand to spend on guest experiences that can be just uber uber focused on that persona. So if you have a dog lover staying in the in your unit, maybe it's like gourmet treats from that uh, dog bakery right down there on the strip. And so now you can go almost persona based with your experiences if if you're that that one to five unit owner. So whether you're you're a huge property management company where you get a big budget because now you have 10% of your gross rentals on an annualized basis, or whether you have one unit, there's definitely a route you can take. Uh, but but understand that budget is there if you implement the same traveler fee that the OTAs have. And, um, and the good news is that doesn't have to go away after the host fee uh, gets implemented and traveler fees are phased out. Because what you can do at that point is then you can distribute your fee to any channel that your properties are on. And it's, it's no different than a cleaning fee or any other fee. You can use that fee to continue to accomplish good things later on. And then you continue to exp- uh, to just be an experience-driven company rather than uh, just uh, you know again a price-related company. Yeah, and I think I'd, I'd like to um, just to to bring in a a personal experience from our company on that one because I've I've heard you know pe- people say well guests don't want to pay the traveler fee. I I think that's you know the, the data shows that actually it's, <laughs> that's that's not a valid argument. Guests are willing to pay the fee. Now, just we, we do an accidental damage protection plan and we have done for, for a number of years. It's, you know, we, we self-insure and we've been doing um, an optional $49 to, to save you the damage deposit. You know, you pay us $49 and you're covered for up to $2,500 worth of accidental damage. So if you put a hot pan down on a, on a countertop and it burns through it, um, we're going to be covering that, and the guest doesn't have to. This year, we, cha- we, we changed it, and we've made it compulsory at $7 a day. We've done nearly 2,000 bookings so far this year, and, and we have 60% of return guests, and we have one person who has questioned it. One out of 2,000. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It just... Um, it, you know, we've... Now, instead of us giving giving them the choice of whether they give us $49, which only 35% of guests were doing last year. And and this year, it's compulsory and, you know, it's $7 a day. So if it's a week, they're still paying the $49. But it means that if they're coming for a weekend, they only pay $14, which, is, which we figure is much fairer. But we've just been blown away with the, with the fact that nobody's mentioned it. And it, it just seems that... that the whole idea of additional fees is very much accepted, even up here. I, I believe it is, and we've we we aren't just ignorantly stating that belief. So we actually have a um, a machine learning conversion optimization tool that we use here in house that uh, that Wes oversaw the development of. We have tested these fees, rolling them out. Um, the amount that you can actually charge a guest, what it does to conversion rates, all of that makes a huge difference to us. Because if we can get an additional percentage without sacrificing conversion rates, it gives us extra marketing budget as a listing site. But if we boost that fee and actually cuts the conversion rate way down, that's a negative uh, ROI endeavor for us. So we've measured this extremely carefully. We have it on dashboards here in, in, in the office. And I can tell you, 
the fee does not impact conversions up to a certain percentage. And that percentage is, uh, is not a static amount. It changes based on seasonality, length of stay, type of unit, um, and uh, you know how far out from check-in a guest is. Yeah, we, we don't have that sort of um, sophisticated equipment. It's more finger-in-the-air stuff for us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the message is the but, same. But the the me- message is yeah. the same. Yeah, and, and I'm saying, you know, on as well as our seven dollar a day um, accidental damage um, fee, we raised our we, we also charge a booking fee. We ra- actually raised it by ten percent because it wasn't high to start with, but again, not a single person has mentioned that, and that is going exactly. back, going back again to a, we a, we have sixty percent of our guests are return guests. You know, not not always to the same property, but to different properties. You know, that they are our loyal customers and not one has made an objection to the raise in that fee. And that's when it's named something like a booking fee or uh, a damage waiver fee. Imagine if it's named, you know, the the Gallenberg experience fee. And then a guest does have a question. About, oh, yeah, that's actually uh, the fee that we use to negotiate over a thousand dollars worth of perks for you while you're here in market. That's not a fee that a guest is going to push back much on. Mm-hmm. This is obviously something I'm pretty passionate about. I really think that if we can figure out this book direct and figure out pivoting it away from price, that every property manager and every homeowner is going to have a good win that invests just a little bit of time and effort into this. It's not as easy as lowering the price. I'll be the first to admit that. It's more difficult. However, the more difficult something is, oftentimes the more worthwhile it is. Mm be interested really interested to hear what and i know you you've got um you've, you're asking people to comment on um on matt's uh site on vacation rental marketing blog so vrmb.com where where your blog post is being published but if anybody has comments as well that um you want to put on the show notes please do um and let, and let us know what you're doing that you know what experiences you believe that you could offer that will take the place or or at least go alongside a a focus on price so david anything else that you'd like to um like to throw in there this conversation's really excited me i i tend to <laughs> i tend to use this podcast and i'm sure people realize this as my as my, as my ex, what, what do you call it an experimental room and but right you know as soon as i talk to people i'm heading straight back to my my business partner and saying hey guys we should do this but it, but it works, and a lot of the things that I have talked to people about on this podcast, we've implemented in our company, and and it, you know, <laughs> it's showing on the bottom line. It really, really works. You know, with with repeat. You know, whether whether it's delivering experiences, changing processes and systems, people like you and the other people that come and talk on the podcast have so much value to offer. Um, like I can't thank you enough for coming along to share. So, you know, as I say, if you've got anything, any other nugget you'd like to throw in, it's all gratefully received. I'm always humbled by the opportunity to come on on the podcast with you, Heather. I think the world of you. Um, only thing I'd say in closing is, I'm I'm not some some guy that that has all the answers. I came up with ten different ideas here. I think as an industry, we can come up with a hundred or a thousand different ideas. 
those, those ideas are going to be colored by each of our own backgrounds. We all have unique paths on how we ended up in this industry. It's going to be colored by that. It's going to be colored by our own destinations. But collectively, if we can just come together, we're going to be able to accomplish great things. And, and so I'm really excited to see what what the passionate people that are the go-getters that, that are, are willing to actually go out there and implement these ideas, what they come up with and what they do. And I'm really looking forward to engaging with them on the, um, the, the, the blog post or online and other venues like Facebook, where these conversations just seem to explode sometimes, because this is something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. And that comes across really clearly and always a delight to, to hear from you. So, so where are you speaking next? Um, I think I get a little bit of a summer vacation from speaking, which I'm excited about. And I think the next one is at the uh, at VRMA in uh, Vegas. Uh, I'm going to be speaking there on uh, how to actually build a, a book direct brand and grow your website visitors from zero to a million. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to go through the exact process that SmokyMountains.com did to do that in our very first year. And it's the same process that I've used uh, with quite a few different sites back when I was in um, in SEO consulting and marketing consulting. So I'm going to lay out that templated process, and there's going to be some uh, some handouts, that type of thing. But that's going to be at VRMA uh, uh, International, I guess they're calling it now, in uh, Vegas. Yeah, on the stage at the MGM Grand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that one doesn't clash with – I'm doing one – this year, and I'm really excited about it, alongside Andy McNulty and Tyan Marsink. And and the three of us are, are doing a joint presentation on the guest experience. I, I hope it's not at the same time as well. I don't want to go up against that. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's going to be fun. And I shall, uh, I shall put links to the VRMA International Conference on the show notes as well. Hey, David, it's been amazing to talk with you as ever. Um, sad that I won't get to see you again until October, but I'm sure we'll have some time to sit down, take a cup of coffee and uh, and uh, a catch up then. I'm looking forward to it, Heather, and uh, thank you for having me today. It's- what a great conversation with David Angotti of SmokyMountains.com. Uh, a lot of food for thought there, I think. David said at the outset, this is no real bashing of the book direct movement. This is more on the, the whole concept that, that price is the focus. And, you know, in talking about his sort of, you know, fight to the bottom, I, I get it. I get it. And, and I think that over the next year, things are going to change dramatically and the price differential, differentiation is not going to be the, the thing. You know, we're going to have to stand out in other aspects and, Providing experiences is definitely going to be the way to go. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'd love you to go to the show notes. Um, click on the links to go to the the, the blog post on vrmb.com. Click on the link for some of the previous podcasts I've done, interviewing David and the one last week with Mike. And, and of course, leave us a comment. If you've got any comments at all, we'd love to hear from you and let us know what your experiences are. You know, what... Um, what experiences you could, could think about providing for guests. So that's it for now. Um, it's a bit of a dull day here, so I'll be spending the rest of my time in the office today working on some new material for the Vacation Rental Formula. And we're going to be relaunching that very, very soon 
with a ton of new material and a complete revamp of the whole training side of the site. So we'd love you to join us in the vacation rental formula. So if you're interested in finding out more, go to the show notes, uh, click on the link that's in there and get on the waiting list to hear about the next launch of our vacation rental formula membership. So with that said, I'd like to thank you once again for joining me and for spending your hour listening to myself and David. I hope you've got some really good tips from that. And um, of course, as ever, if you've got anything you'd like to say directly to me, you can email me at heather at cottageblogger.com and I'd love to hear from you. So until next week, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 